Thanks for listening to the 242 Young Adults Podcast with Pastor Justin Corkum. Our prayer is that this message will be an encouragement to your life in Christ. We are going to continue our series. If you guys want to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. Last week we had uh, opened up with chapter 1, verse 1, very, very beginning. And uh, we we had talked about just uh, the opening remarks of Luke as he starts this this book, and now I want to uh, to move forward and cover just uh, verses six through twelve this evening. Verses six through twelve, and uh, it reads this: It says, "So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord." Has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, Why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven the same way you saw him go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a a distance, a half a mile. Let's just pray real quick. Father, we just ask right now that you would begin a work in our hearts. We know that you've started this work through worship as we've just prepared our heart as we continue to worship in our our giving. Father, now we continue to worship you through the hearing of the word. And God, the scripture says in Romans 8 that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I pray that faith would rise in this place. I pray that as we encounter your word tonight, that it would reveal things within us. It would challenge us. It would lead us to a deeper understanding, a deeper revelation of who you are, Jesus. God, that we would see miraculous things happen in our hearts tonight, that you would work in us. God, that you would speak to us. And we just thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. This opening video talked about connection. And and this is, you know, we're continuing our series in Acts, but really over the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing in on this idea of of empowered. And, And I was thinking about an outlet and and how an outlet always has power available to us. In your homes, I'm sure everybody has nightstands, and every single night before you go to bed, what do you plug in? Your phone. You plug in your phone before you go to bed, and and you probably don't even think about it, but each and every single night, power is available to you so that you can charge your phone. And I started thinking about the idea of empowerment, 
and, and how we look at the Holy Spirit when we look through, through the passage of Scripture here that we see Jesus say that the Holy Spirit will empower us. And we're going to get back to that concept. But for now, when we look at the idea of empowerment, how many truly believe that God desires to empower you? How many truly believe that? Let's like raise your hand and say, I truly believe that. I believe that. I believe that God desires to empower me. You know, we, we do. We, we have this understanding that God desires to use us but now everybody who raised their hand, how many see yourselves empowered every day? Is there a gap? If there is a gap, why is there a gap? There's a, there seems to be this chasm between what we believe and, and actuality. Or what we, say, what we say we believe on the inside and, and then what we actually see in our lives. And oftentimes we're looking for God to use us and we have a belief that he can use us but maybe we don't encounter him using us and so this series I believe that as we as we dive in over the next few weeks and we're really honing in on this idea of being an empowered believer that we're going to see God reveal some things to us and it's going to be amazing so I pray that it begins tonight so I'm going I'm to really be talking about one thing tonight, and that's looking for an answer. Looking for an answer. When, when this, you know, we started last week and, and, and about the promise of the Holy Spirit and how the, the Holy Spirit's been promised to us, the Holy Spirit is necessary, and the Holy Spirit baptism is, is continual in our lives. And now we move on to this passage of Scripture where the disciples are asking Jesus a simple question. And Jesus gives an unexpected answer. If we take a look at it, verse 6. They came to him and they kept asking. This is something they asked more than once. They said, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Jesus has just risen from the dead. Just so we give you a little bit of context here. Jesus has just risen from the dead. He has spent time with his disciples. He has eaten with them. He has shared with them. He has proven to them that he is alive, in fact, alive. And now he's getting ready to ascend into heaven. These are the final moments, the final moments with his disciples. And they said, Lord, has the time come? They ask about the nation of Israel being restored. You see some background here. Right now, they're in the midst of oppression in the Roman Empire, right? The Romans, the big bad Romans, have just come in. They're under the thumb of the Roman Empire. They're being oppressed by them. And they're looking, the, the background here is the Jewish people were looking for a Messiah that was going to, a political, like a, a king, type Messiah who's going to come in, was going to deliver them from their, their bondage, going to deliver them from, from their captivity, their oppression. He was going to be a political figure that was going to bring justice and peace to the nation of Israel. He's going to reestablish the monarchy of Israel. This is what they were expecting the Messiah to be. 
me and my wife were just talking, it's funny how we can have our own expectation of what God should do in our lives and how God should move in our lives. And, and, and in essence, this is exactly what the disciples are doing. They're coming to Jesus and saying, hey, now that you've risen from the dead, you know, we were hopeless, but now we've been filled with hope. Now that you're back, is it time? Is it time for you to kick some tail and take some names? Amen. Glory to Jesus. Right? I mean, that's exactly what they're saying. Is it time? We often can pray and think that, you know, if we just come to God and say, God, well, you know, I really need this right now. God, it'd be great if you could just come through in this area for me. Or God, you know, I want to be better, so help me. And we pray prayers, and we, and we think that just praying a prayer is going to be the answer. But sometimes the answer comes in a very unexpected way. And, and they're coming to Jesus saying, hey, are you going to be the answer? Sounds like, like a good question, right? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Nobody knows that song. Okay, I'm going to stop there because everybody's staring at me. Whoever listens to this podcast, if you're 64, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody else doesn't. But we say Jesus is the answer, right? Amen. He is the answer. But sometimes we just treat God like he's this genie. And the only time that I'll come to him is if I need something from him. Or maybe things are going down in my life and I need a little bit of uh, to, to run to Jesus and just kind of let him know how I'm feeling. But wouldn't it be incredible if day by day by day we were walking in continuous relationship with Jesus Christ. That we didn't need to just run to him because we needed something. We didn't need to, to run to him because something happened in our life. And we needed some encouragement, but day by day we walked hand in hand in relationship with him. That we encountered him every single day of our life. I think this whole idea acts the gospel of doing. It takes work. I was just uh, meeting with a pastor this week. And I love, I love what he said. We were talking about prayer and like faith and seeing prayer like move the hand of God in our lives and, and, uh, and, and continuing to plot on even in the midst of, of prayer, right? Expectation, but like to, to do, what you, do your part. And he said, uh, he said, as you pray, do everything you can in the natural and expect God to add the super to it. And I thought that that was really cool. I think that sometimes when we look at, at, you know, just our walks with God, we can come in and just with the expectation that God's just going to take care of everything and not recognize that we need to position our own lives to align with his word, to, to get things in our life right with God. And that's the part that takes, that takes work. Jesus, I'm telling you, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer, but, but we need to, when we come to him, we have to align our lives with what Jesus' life looked like, and that takes work. But as we pray, at trust God. Uh, Mark Batterson said it this way. It just went away, so I'm not going to tell you what Mark Batterson said. Oh, 
It came back. Work like it depends on you. Pray like it depends on God. So just because God is in control, just because God is for us, who can be against us, it doesn't mean that we just step, step back and just and we're lazy. We keep pressing for, my wife was just saying we were talking about it, the scripture that says that, that the kingdom of God is advancing violently and the violent take it by force. That, that this, pers- uh, this pursuit of the kingdom of God is something that we take by force. You know, a couple of weeks I preached a message about the, the woman with the issue of blood, that when she, she went and got a healing in her life, she ran after Jesus. She ran after him. She didn't just say, oh, there goes Jesus. Oh, God, I wish he would come by here and he would just help my situation right now. Got a lot of things going on right now. I've been having this issue for a really long time. No, she said, I'm going to go touch his, the hem of his garment. I'm going to go run after Jesus. And sometimes when you want to see breakthrough, you got to run after Jesus. When you want to see an answered prayer, you got to run after Jesus. When you want to see an encounter with him, you got to run after Jesus. And so they come to him saying, Lord, is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he, he gave an unexpected answer. He said, it's none of your business. And then he said, I'm sorry, but look at that. None of your business, but I'll tell you what your business is. And here's the unexpected answer right here. Jesus is looking for us to be the answer. Jesus is looking for us to be the answer. He turns around and says, look, it's the time, the place, it's not your concern on when I'm going to restore the kingdom, but let me tell you what is your concern, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. This is what concerns you, that you're looking to me, but I'm looking to you. And, and this is what's so interesting, is that we can look to God and assume the answer that he has for us. And Jesus looks at his disciples and says, no, the answer that you're looking for is not the answer that I desire. How many have ever done that? The answer you, you're looking for is not the answer that God desires. Jesus is saying, look, I desire for you to be my witnesses. Uh, it's all great. You think I'm going to restore the kingdom kingdom, and, and establish this physical monarch? No, you will receive power. I just want to really just take a, a moment to break this down as briefly as I can. You will receive power. That's a guarantee. No question, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And and I wanted to just park here because that phrase comes upon, this is what, what it means in the Greek. To overcome, to overtake, to influence. Now, if you remember last week, We talked about the word baptized. When Jesus promises the Holy Spirit and he says, but soon you will be baptized in fire, 
That word conveyed the idea of overwhelmed, uh, of cities flooded, of, of vessels sunken. And you see this picture we were talking about, the encounter with the Holy Spirit, walking in the power of the Spirit, being empowered. The power is available to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like an outlet, the power is available to us. But are we connecting ourselves with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Are we getting plugged in to that power? Because when you look at this, comes upon you, the picture that it gives you is, is an army that sweeps through and overtakes its opponent. For all of those Lord of the Ring fans and, and, and Return of the King, when that like green ghostly army just, just like sweeps over and just destroys everybody. That's like the perfect picture of what's being seen here. I want you to understand that this is talking about baptism. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit overflows your life, when you're so connected, when you're so plugged into the power that everything about your life becomes Holy Spirit driven, that you cannot do anything without the power of the Holy Spirit just flowing right through you. That in every situation, in every place you go, in every person you talk to, the Holy Spirit is right with you. And you see God's will in every circumstance. It's about surrender. Think about an army that's being overtaken. They wave that white flag. I'm done. Not. This is not about, I can't fight anymore. I'm your way. I surrender. It's about surrendering our lives to the Holy Spirit's work. And I find that there, that chasm, right, between what we believe, we believe God wants to use us and, to, and God wants us to be empowered, but then oftentimes we don't see it. I, I truly believe for many of us, the reason, or, or if we could define that chasm, that chasm is simply the fact that we haven't stayed connected. We haven't, we haven't plugged ourselves into the power. We don't encounter the Holy Spirit every day. We don't, we don't pursue after the fullness of God every day. Things come in, you know, things get crowded out. We talked about in Matthew 13 uh, a couple weeks ago. Things come in, the crowd's hearing out the word of God. But I think it's a beautiful thing, an unexpected answer for sure. But it's a beautiful thing that God chooses us to accomplish his will. I love what Stephen Furtick says. He says, we're not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God. Think about that. That you are a move of God. Wherever you go, you can be a move of God for someone and that's getting that's getting that mindset that that lifestyle christianity that in everything you do you can do something for the glory of god you are a move of god and that might be unexpected to some of you you might not feel like you can be the answer and i'll tell you you can't be the answer unless you receive power from on high. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, 
you will be my witnesses. We got to plug in. We've got to be kingdom focused. We got to have our mindset fixed on what God has for us. We have to be seeking more of the Holy Spirit each and every single day. If you've encountered the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've seen the evidence of speaking in tongues, you've seen gifts of the Spirit in your life, that's not, that's not, the, that's not the end. That's the beginning. And, and it's not just a one-time thing. Like I said, this is continual. The idea of that word baptism, the pickle, Right? We talked about the pickle that you dip, bapto in the Greek, and then soak, baptism. The vinegar solution, it changes the makeup of that cucumber. It changes it from a cucumber to a pickle. It's a submersion. It's each and every day immersing ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit, immersing ourselves in the things that are concerned with the Spirit of God, with the kingdom of God, and we see that growth. You'll be my witnesses. When you look at the word witness, obviously we know that in the court of law, it's, it's referring to an individual that just testifies to what they know is true. But the word in the Greek is actually martus, and that's the same word that we get the word martyr from. That you will be a witness who will be so convinced of the truth that you'd be willing to place your life on the line because of it. This is the type of witness that the power of the Holy Spirit in us brings about. And we're going to tell everyone from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. The final thing is it's time to move. I couldn't help but laugh as I read this scripture just because my brain goes in different directions. I don't know if you're like me. But it says, As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood around them, men of Galilee. So this is what I picture, that you've got these guys, and they're just chilling, and they're just like looking up into the sky like this. And they're just like, I'm, I'm like on the hill over across from them, and I'm watching these guys just looking up into the sky for hours and hours. And God's looking down, and he's like, oh, can you two just go down there and tell them to like move it already? <laughs> and I think about these disciples. I mean, imagine that, that your mentor, the person who you believe is the Messiah, you know is the Son of God, ascending into heaven. And you're thinking about the past three and a half years and how he's confl uh, completely flipped your world upside down. The, the victory that you've encountered, the power that you've encountered, the miraculous signs, the relationship you had with the Son of God. And you're reflecting back on all of those things. Can I tell you, reflecting on the past is a powerful thing. Remind yourself of what God's done, the victories he's brought you through. It helps you to look to the future. But do not stay looking to the past. Because if you stay looking to the past, you'll miss everything in your present and you won't even see what's up ahead. You get so stuck in what God did that you can't see what he's doing or what he wants to do. And Jesus had a mighty work for these guys to do. Much more than just sitting and staring up into heaven, watching them go. 
And these guys said, why are, you, why are you just standing around here looking up? He's gone. He's gone to heaven, but he's going to come again. And at that moment, I really believe that the promises that we even talked about in Acts 1-4 when he said, you know what, go to Jerusalem, wait until you receive the gift that was promised to you. I bet you that just came to their mind. Because what happened? They went to Jerusalem. As soon as they said, hey, why are you standing around here looking up to heaven? They, no, let's go. Go to Jerusalem because of the promise. Let me tell you, there are going to be times in your life, and this is why it's so important to have the Word of God in you, to understand the promises of God in the Word. Because the moment that you can get stuck looking at your past, just reflect on the promises in the Word of God, and it'll fix you on where you need to be right now. It'll fixate you on what, you're, what you can be and what situation you can walk in right now. Because he's got a mighty work. He's got a fresh word for you today. He's got a fresh work for you to accomplish today. It's not about what you did yesterday or what you didn't do yesterday. It's about what can you do right now for the Lord. Because you have right now. It's time to move. It's time to move. And I believe that God is going to begin to mobilize this group that as we get out of the four walls, and this is why I'm really stressing us getting out together in community, being with each other, trying at least once a week or every other week to get together as connect groups outside of here so that we can begin to grow in relationship with each other, but also begin to look for opportunity to witness and to be God's hands extended to the world around us. Because I'll tell you, the great revival that's going to take place in this area the great move of the spirit is not going to happen in a church it is going to happen when the church gets outside when we get into the marketplace when we recognize that God is calling us to a lifestyle of victory a lifestyle of empowerment a lifestyle where we see people radically changed radically healed radically saved radically everything on a consistent basis. It's not going to be like a strange thing that the power of the Spirit's moving. Why? When you plug, when you plug your phone in at the end of the night and it goes, do you go, oh, I can't believe it. My phone is charging. It's, it's a miracle. No. There's an expectation that when you run to the power source and when you plug in to the power source that there is always going to be power. What if we live with that kind of expectation? Ever lose power before? How do you feel when you lose power? Hopeless. But there are millions of believers all over the world who have no power and are completely fine with it. They have no influence, and they are completely fine with it. But what if we brought that same expectation? What if we came to God and we said, you know what? I know that you are the source of power, that at your name, the blind see. At your name, the lame walk. At your name, the dead raised to life. That's power. And what if we had that same expectation? You know, we, we, it's not that we don't believe it. 
I almost, I'm almost seeing like a picture right now of a, of a tree. It's rooted, but it's not rooted deeply. And that's sort of the picture that I'm seeing right now in, in, in regards to this. I really feel it's Holy Spirit. We believe it, we're rooted, but there's a depth, there's a level, a depth of, of rootedness that, that can create a, an unshakability. That's a word. I think I just made it up. I don't know. might be a word. But when you think about it, we believe that God is our source of power. But until the, the, the roots of that truth grow deep into our soul, then, then and only then will it produce an expectation in us. We're just like when you lose power. Go, oh, come on. Oh, that frustration when you lose power. That moment, I pray that. I pray that. Can we pray right now in Jesus' name? God, I pray that a frustration, God, a, a, a discontentment would fall on us, Lord, when we recognize or if we recognize that we're living without the power of the Holy Spirit. That just like we get frustrated when we lose physical power, when we lose electricity, God, I pray that, Father, we would be so focused in, on, in living in the power of the Holy Spirit walking in that power that we would not be content unless we see our lives producing fruit and God I just pray for those roots God I pray for that belief that understanding that you desire to use us in power that you desire to empower us God I pray that that truth would not be a shallow rooted truth in our life but that truth would just root deeply within our souls God that as your as that truth just becomes what we live by God that we would not be content with anything other than operating in strength, operating in the power of the Spirit, and seeing lives changed miraculously. I thank you, God, that you desire for us to be in power. Lord, that it's something you seek for us to look for. God, that you want us to chase after that power, that it's available to us. It's available to us, God. Help us to recognize everything we need for living a godly life has already been provided for us, that we can live the precious promises in the Word of God that help us share in your divine nature, O oh God. Father, that that's a promise in the Word, that we can share in your divinity, O oh God. We can share in your divine nature. We can walk in the power of the Spirit. God, that we can see dead people wake up. That, Father, we can see lame people walk. That we can see deaf people hear. We can see blind people see. Lord, that you desire to do even greater things. Father, that souls will be saved. God, that we would be evangelists. That we would go out into the city and reach the people around us. That we'd be empowered by your Spirit, O oh God. Father, help us plug in to the power. Help us to recognize that, that everything we need is available. On the cross, you said it is finished. God, that, help us to get that revelation right now that you did every, everything that you have to do is already done. Think about that. Everything that, that he's already done, it's finished. He's already done everything he's going to do. Now it's up to us to step into it. So God, I pray, help us to step in. Help us to connect to the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, if that means getting rid of things in our life that is keeping us from staying connected, so be it. Because, Father, we desire your will to be done, not ours. We don't want our answers. We want your answers. 
So God, we thank you. God, we can walk in this power. Lord, that, that it isn't anything that we have to question. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So God, help us to yield to you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help us to surrender to you, to allow your will to overtake ours so that we get to the place in our life where our will and your will are synonymous, that we've aligned ourselves with your will, O oh God. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're going to use this group for mighty works. Lord, that greater things are yet to come. Expectation. We're stepping out of the crowd. We're expecting great things to happen in our lives. We're expecting the power of God to be seen in us. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more about 242, you can email Pastor Justin at jcorkum at manchesterassembly.org. You can also tweet us at 242NH. Again, that's T-W-O-42-N-H. Or on Facebook, you can look us up under 242 Young Adults. We look forward to your feedback, and we'll see you next time.